What is up, everyone? It is your boy, The Tank. It's Wednesday at noon, and I am here to talk to you about college and NFL football for the next hour on Weagle 91.1 FM. Let's not waste any time and get on with the show. Welcome back to Tank Dogs Football, everyone. I am your boy, The Tank, and we are, I think this is the first time in a while, I'm in a empty studio today, so let's go. Uh, it's been a busy week of football, especially for the NFL with free agency opening up, uh, but I'm going to start off by talking about college football. We've had a few news uh, headlines come up since the last show, because it's been two weeks since we've had Tank Talks, because it's spring break, where I spent my time in Tampa watching Auburn lose in the SEC tournament, their first game, but it doesn't matter. Got my March Madness tournament in. It should be perfect, hopefully, as long as I don't know how it's going right now, but I hopefully Colorado State has gotten their lead back over Michigan, but I'm going to assume not. But in college football, we have uh, two new rule changes that are being discussed right now. Uh, something of uh, fake injuries can be reviewed. Uh, this is also coming off of the Tennessee Ole Miss game where a lot of Ole Miss players, uh, it, it was, I know a lot, I know teams like fake injuries to like get time, timeouts, like free timeouts, but the rate that Ole Miss was doing it in, uh, in that game was unreal. So now coming up with a rule to, uh, review those to make sure that no one is just faking an injury just to get a free timeout. And the second one that came up is targeting ejection reviews. I don't know how exactly this was worded on the uh, paper, but if you get ejected for targeting now in the second half of a game, you can actually appeal the ejection or disqualification from the next game's first half which I think is a good idea. I know one thing with the targeting is the fact that, you know, you get disqualified for basically an entire game. And it's not really a fair penalty to give to a player who most of the time they're not meaning to, like, injure anyone. It just so happens that you lower your helmet, the other person lowers their helmet, but the only one that gets in trouble is the one that doesn't have the ball in their hands. Uh, but those two, I don't know if they're going to get anywhere, but I do like they're being discussed. I guess this is more or less just to give the NCAA something to talk about while they're still debating on how long they're going to make us wait for a CFP expansion, which I think we've heard since then that it might be until the end of the contract in 2025, which is around the same time we should be getting an entire new like conference realignment in the SEC as well. Uh, big... Uh, transfer portal rules or news coming out. Uh, I think the day after my show last week, uh, Jaden Daniels announced that his he will be transferring to the Lu- uh, Louisiana State, the LSU Tigers, uh, with Brian Kelly. After he basically carried Arizona State for the pet for the latter of the last two uh, two years ish, I want to say. Uh, this is a big pickup for LSU for the sheer fact that they. Have not have they don't have a great quarterback on the roster. They haven't really had one since Joe Burrow, which I know is like you know Joe Burrow, but Miles Brennan is not going to cut it. Uh, Garrett Schumeyer, I think that's his last name. I don't. He's a bit unproven to me. And Max Johnson is now at A and M, so I think this is their clear 
number one guy going into this year, and I, I would trust him over I would trust any of these quarterbacks on the roster as we speak right now. Uh, another big guy that we've been hearing about in the transfer portal like, cloud is JT Daniels, who I think has narrowed it down to three schools that I'm hearing about. I know the more popular one right now is Oregon State. Uh, the other two are Missouri and West Virginia, which I think is a big fall from grace for JT Daniels. You know, he got a ring, of course, but, you know, he went from, you know, USC, who was, like, supposed to be a mecca of college football. Then he, you know, got hurt, transferred to Georgia. That's supposed to be his team going into this this year. And, you know, he gets hurt, sets him Bennett, steps in, does just enough to keep his job. And Georgia wins the championship. Sets him in returns. JT Daniels into transfer portal. And it's been kind of quiet until this past week about what exactly he's going to be doing uh, for next year, which we assume is going to be his last year of college football. But from what I'm hearing, I think Oregon State is, in fact, the leader. Uh, he Apparently, he skipped out on a photo shoot with them to go watch them practice, which is a good sign for the Beavers. I mean, they, they had a pretty good season last year, and I think if JT Daniels is as good as we all think that he is and can be, I think he brings them to another level. I think the Pac-12 could be a very fun conference to watch next year for the first time since, I want to say, like 2007-ish. Uh, and also, a lot of another thing we weren't able to talk about last week, I mean, this, this whole segment is going to be more college football-esque, except for this kind of part, is the NFL Combine. Uh, we got to watch some of the college football's best players compete or uh, try out for NFL scouts. Uh, I have two winners for that, which would be the biggest, the two biggest names I heard around the around my Twitter was Malik Willis. You know, former Auburn guy, transferred to Liberty, and everyone wanted set kind of said like, "Oh, maybe you got to wait a year for him to develop," but. Malik's not gonna let is not letting up. He ha- probably has the best arm talent out of anybody in this quarterback class from what I've from what I've seen. This, he can flat out sling it. Uh, his ability to uh, he might have the best deep ball in this draft class, and he's steadily working his way up to that QB one area right now. Another guy that I was really surprised by was Tariq Woolen. Uh, he's from uh, a team that I love, the UTSA Roadrunners. Uh, ran a four two six forty as a corner, which I think is going to be boosting him up a little bit to that second third round, maybe. Uh, just with the sheer fact of four two six is nothing, is well, it's it's not nothing. It's it's nothing to like joke about. Four two six is crazy fast, and it, uh, I know a big thing about this combine was the fact that the uh, the Colt Stadium that they're doing, they're trying to keep the combine in Lucas Oil. Uh, so they in they implemented new uh turf in there and all of a sudden these all these players just started running way faster so i feel someone almost i know someone almost broke the uh the 40 record but then they didn't run a good official time because they ran a 4-2-1 their unofficial uh in their first run i think it was a baylor wide receiver i want to say who broke john ross's record that he had in 2000 i want to say 18 ish uh a big loser I had for this combine though is going to be it's going to make a lot of Auburn fans upset. Jacoby McClain, uh, I said on my last show that Jacoby's going to have to stand out in this combine to boost up his draft stock because you know what you're getting is Jacoby. You're getting a 
a faster uh, linebacker who can make hits, can make tackles all around the field, can cover cover ground if he needs to. But the thing that's hurting him the most in this draft right now is the fact that he is on the smaller side for what you want out of a linebacker. Uh, he's about six one. He's about two seventeen. It's it's not he's not a big guy, but he plays like he is. But when I was watching, I I was trying to watch him, or I was trying to watch some of his uh, workouts, and what I saw from him, he looked kind of sluggish in some of them. He didn't look like he was all there for the for some of the workouts. His footwork was off. Uh, he looked slow in some of the uh, workouts. He didn't have great uh, like footwork at all, really. And I feel like it might have dropped him into that fourth round category. I know we were talking about maybe he'd be like a day two, like a, a round two, round three kind of guy. But it's still looking like he's gonna he's gonna fall far if uh if it wasn't for the fact that his pro day was actually pretty pretty good. Yeah, I think he stepped stepped up in his uh pro day, day uh performance. Another person who stepped up in their pro day performance was Roger McCreary, who ran I think a like a point one faster forty time. He ran a four four six. And I think he really stood out amongst the crowd in that. I know, I know, I felt like most of the NFL scouts were there to watch Roger, and that everyone else was kind of like an afterthought and like, oh, maybe we can get this guy in like later rounds. But I think Roger's the premier guy for Auburn in this draft class, and the fact that he had a better better pro day than he did combine may have boosted him back up into, you know, uh, the grades that I've been seeing for Roger has been more round late round one, early round two. Combine came around, kind of dropped him a little bit. But I think the pro day kind of brought him back into the round one, round two guy. And another Auburn guy that we've been hearing about is uh, Smoke Monday. He's actually been way more impressive in these workouts than I would have ever thought that he would. Uh, runs ran a four five two forty in the NFL Combine. Didn't run to the pro day because you know that is about as fast as he's going to get. Uh, but I mean. I heard that he stood out amongst a lot of the players with the fact that he had charisma, which we all know Smoke has. Uh, he's a character, and he can play football whenever he – if you put him in the right position, he's a good football player. Uh, I feel like they should be looking towards him as more of a linebacker, even though that he needs to beef up a little bit more because he. I don't think he's going to be cut out so much for an NFL safety. So I feel like if we move him to – if they move someone moves to move him to like a linebacker-esque kind of role – I feel like he would really prosper in that kind of setting. Uh, for when I think he'll get drafted, I I don't know. Smoke could either – he's going to – I feel like he's going to be a round five to round seven guy strictly because I feel like the Auburn name can carry a lot of weight for some players. I feel like some of these other guys are going to get drafted, like a Berdary's Ham I feel like might get drafted in like a round six-ish area strictly just because, you know, he played at Auburn. So I feel like Smoke, for his name – and the team he, or for the school he played for, I feel like he's going to get drafted late. Team wise, I don't, I don't know who would just take a shot on him because I was honestly shocked whenever uh, Daniel Thomas got picked up by the uh, by the Jags. Uh, whenever Rudy Ford got picked up by the I believe Cardinals, I was shocked. I thought Auburn steadily becoming that DBU, uh, at least in the conversation for like a top ten team and producing defensive back talent. Because I know one team that I've heard about getting Roger McCreary has been the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, if you don't know know their roster, currently have two starting DBs who played at Auburn with Jim Dean 
and Carlton Davis, who I'll be talking about a little bit later in the next segment when I'm talking about the NFL free agency. Uh, but yeah, the NFL combine, the NFL draft is coming up April 28th, which is my birthday. I'll be turning 22 that day where I can watch the Panthers, you know, make me sad as they tend to have done in the past. Uh, but that is all I have for the college football segment, but I feel like I'm talking about something else. So another big thing about this NFL, this NFL draft is the fact that the running backs, uh, one team that I look at, I'm looking at getting a running back is the Bills or the Buccaneers getting running backs. Two of these running backs, there, there are not a lot of running backs I could see getting drafted in that first round. Uh, I feel like the main guy I've been seeing is Kenneth Walker, strictly because he had such a great year last year and he ran a great 40 time. Uh, but I was looking at the top five running backs, and I feel like any of these guys can be that running back one category. Uh, I know Kenneth Walker's one. Uh... I hate that they're all blanking on me right now. Uh, Kenneth Walker. Uh, I know since here McCormick has been making some talks, but I know he's not going to be in that running back five category. Uh, Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler's a running back that I could definitely see getting picked up earlier than people think. If you don't know who Ty Chandler is, he used to play at, I believe, NBA in Tennessee, transferred or committed to Tennessee, transferred to North Carolina, and then kind of had a – it's not a not a silent leader. He had games where he like spurted out for like two hundred yards ish, but Ty Chandler is a big guy. He's around two twenty. It uh it's around the twenty two two twenty era. Uh six one. He ran a four three seven forty. I feel like with his the talent level that he has for this draft class, he could definitely move up to that round three category, and uh his. Just a, the fact that he is that fast and that big is ridiculous. Uh, here we go. Here are the running backs. I found the list now. All right, so Kenneth Walker, Isaiah Spiller from A&M, Brees Hall are all guys, Kyron Williams from Notre Dame, and finally Zamir White from Georgia. I feel like are all running back talents that you can look at and be like, oh, I could definitely take this guy here. But unlike the past years, I feel like running back the running back position is kind of a – I don't say dying breed, but it's, not, it's less of an important position as it used to be. Right now, I feel like these running backs could all find could they could either be late round two to just round three and later. Sure, because running backs are just not a position of need for teams that anymore, especially for teams that have those like premier running backs, like uh, you know the Titans. They got Derrick Henry. Panthers for now have Christian McCaffrey, uh, Alvin Kamara with the oh not Alvin Kamara anymore. I want to say uh, blanking on the Packers running back right now. Aaron Jones, like the guys like that are the guys you find it real hard to uh, replace or like back up in in all in those categories. But we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, I'm gonna be talking about the NFL free agency for the for most of this show. Now we'll be right back. Welcome back to Think Josh Football here. We go number one point one FM. And NFL free agency has begun, and oh, the NFL teams will not let you rest for a second. I think it started off with the Max Crosby re-signing, four years, ninety-eight point nine eight million, which is funny because you know his number is ninety-eight. Uh, but great signing for the Raiders. They get the they're now trying to beef up that defensive line. 
Uh, with the, I'll talk about. I would. I was gonna try to go in chronological order, but why not? Uh, they also signed Chandler Jones to uh, be on the other side of that defensive line. The AFC West is a team to, or is a division to look out for this year. Every single team has been trying to has been beefing up their defense. Uh, this is also the same division that has home to the. So the teams in this division are the, are the Chiefs, Chargers. Uh, Broncos and Raiders. Uh, and one thing the Broncos did was try to beef up their uh, defense with Randy Gregory, who was funny enough signed a uh, signed a I think it was a four year seventy million dollar deal, about five years seventy with the Cowboys, and then all of a sudden he f- just flipped to the Broncos and signed the same deal. So it'll be him and Bradley Chubb on the same defense line for the Broncos. The Broncos also making a key trade for Russell Wilson. Uh, this happened over spring break. I was on I was on the drive to Tampa when I got the got the news that Russell Wilson is now a Bronco. Uh, traded the Broncos for Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, and uh, a first and second round pick for this draft, and a first, second, and fifth for next year's draft. Which all they got in return was a Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick straight up for this year. Honestly, in some aspects, I want to say the Seahawks won this trade. If they don't, if they don't waste those five picks they got, this is a good trade for the Seahawks. Uh, if the Broncos don't win now, it's a it's a terrible trade for them because they are they are giving up their future for a present uh, like present success. And I don't know how well Russell Wilson will do on the Broncos, especially with the fact that every team in that division is now beefing up their defense. With I'm going to go ahead and bring this up. The Chargers also trading for Khalil Mack and signing, I think, J.C. Jackson. So you beef up that secondary. Who's going to be – J.C. Jackson will be joining Casey Hayward, who I think still on the Chargers, and Derwin James, who's a Florida State guy. Uh, who is he's had some injuries because you know the Chargers are just like injury prone. But if this team can stay healthy, that defense is legit. J.C. Jackson, Derwin James, and then on the D line you have uh, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on the same team, all trying to tackle the running the quarterback room for this uh, division are ridiculous. You got so you got Mahomes, you got Herbert, you got Derek Carr, and then you got the introduction of Russell Wilson. This could be the best group of four quarterbacks in a division in the NFL, period. But to go back to the Seals for a little bit, you know, they may have won this trade, but they also did have to release their uh, franchise linebacker in Bobby Wagner. He is still uh, in free agency. I don't know where exactly he'll end up. I've heard Broncos uh, strictly because I feel I think uh, Russell Wilson has been trying to recruit him there. I've heard a few other teams, but nothing else has gotten any traction with him. But yeah, I feel like he's a he's a huge pickup for any team that gets him. He is, I believe, I want to say like thirty two, which is a pretty or is a uh, or he might be thirty. I think he's younger than Luke Keekley was. Uh, hmm. I looked that up later, but uh, this is a this be a huge pickup for any team that gets him that, that needs a linebacker. And you get the best middle linebacker in the NFL with Bobby Wagner. 
A few other teams that have made big moves. The Cowboys, even though they lost on Randy Gregory, they also lost Amari Cooper, who they traded the Browns for a they traded to the Browns for a fifth and a sixth round pick, which I don't know how to feel that that trade is so weird to me. Strictly because of the fact that like what are y'all you're giving up your best receiver. I know you're trusting CeeDee Lamb to be a great receiver, but Amari Cooper is one of the best route runners in the NFL, and you're giving up basically nothing for him. It's it's bonkers to me. Uh, another big trade for quarterback. Carson Wentz gets traded to the Commanders, which means I feel like a lot of these teams – uh, uh, let me uh, – I'll join these together. Mitch Trubisky signs a two-year deal – uh, with the Steelers. So Carson Wentz to the Commanders, Trubisky to the Steelers. These are two teams that I have picking a quarterback in round one. So this is either – I think the Steelers signing Mitch Trubisky is more or less because they don't trust that they're going to have their guy come be up there by the time that their pick is around. Commanders, I feel like, might be on the same path. Because, I mean, I think the Seahawks might be in the might be in talks for a quarterback now now that they have the ninth pick in the draft, which is two spots above the Commanders. And I want to say, like, eight spots above the Steelers. So the Steelers and the Commanders had to give up a lot of talent just to move up to get, I believe this is for Kenny Pickett. Uh, But with all that being said, moving on to other, oh, actually, I the one thing I was hoping forward to get on, the, I was going to try to help to get Harrison Tarr on the show to talk about Mr. Trubisky because I feel like at first Steelers fans were not, were not happy with the fact that they got um, Mitch the former MVP, uh, but I've heard a lot of Steelers fans are just coming around to it now, with the uh, fact that he's not a—he's better than Big Ben was last year. If you want, if you, if the Steelers had any other quarterback on their roster last year that could start, I would say that they would have done better than they did. They probably wouldn't wouldn't have finished third in their division. They would have been above. I want to say the Browns, maybe. Uh, but the fact that Big Ben was just so old, so out of shape, can't couldn't move, really. Uh, I feel like Mitch gives you that. And even if they go quarterback still in the first round, they still have a quarterback they can use for a year or two if they wanted to with Mitch. And they also re-signed, uh, they just signed uh, Dwayne uh, Haskins as well on his uh, re- uh, on his free uh, restricted free agent tender. So, I mean, the... The Steelers are trying really hard to replace Big Ben the best they possibly can, but with this quarterback free agency, it's not that heavy. It's not that does not go that deep. I think the best one available right now is Jameis Winston, and even though I think Jameis Winston is a good quarterback, I just don't think that none of these guys that are going to be available are franchise guys. The best quarterback that was available in free agency was uh, Aaron Rodgers, who just signed a four-year, two hundred million dollar deal. With to to remain with the Packers, who we were all shocked to find out that the Packers were keeping Aaron Rodgers. We all thought he was good and gone, and we thought that meant Devontae was gone, and Devontae stayed as well. Uh, he signed a French. You know, he was put under a franchise tag, so they could like hold off paying him for another year. But uh, with their cap space, they could not afford. The Packers are negative forty million dollars in cap right now and 
big thing about that is the fact that Devonta Adams come out and said that he will not be playing under a franchise tag because uh, so this past week, one player that did get signed to a deal was Christian Kirk. Four years, $78 million. $23 million a year. And Devontae's not happy about that. Christian Kirk is now the third highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, which he gets a million dollars more per year than Devontae Adams does. And I feel like he has every right to be upset with that. Because you have a team that is more that's banking more on their older franchise quarterback than their younger franchise receiver. I feel like I would I would trust Jordan Love in an offense with Devonta Adams, and I would trust Aaron Rodgers at this age without a premier receiver on his team. And without Devonta Adams playing, you have all these teams that are willing to pay him, but they can't do any. They're not allowed to do anything about it just strictly because uh, players cannot control when they get tagged. I know that Chris Godwin actually got tagged, but then uh, soon after, the Buccaneers opened up some cap space and actually paid him to keep him around, which is how you run a football team. The Packers organization is one of the, I don't want to say worst run because the Cowboys, but it's up there in the sheer fact that they don't seem to really value the needs and wants of their own players. They're just like, oh, well, we'll win now, and then we'll have the players complain about later. Uh, One thing that I've been hearing is or the, the fact that uh the Packers can't make any free agency moves just because you know they for negative 40 million you can't do anything with that and you have a a top I want to say top three quarterback in the NFL you have a top two wide receiver in the NFL and you're only willing to pay the quarterback who's only going to be there for maybe the rest of his contract and he's going to retire you have this guy's only give you one Super Bowl. I I don't want to I don't want to make or I don't want to talk a lot of crap about Aaron Rodgers. I do agree that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, but he's not going to get you over that hump. Of he's not going to get you another ring. There's not going to be another ring one with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback for the Packers, which is why I was uh, so shocked that they actually re-signed him. I thought he was for sure a Bronco or a Colt or something. Just the the fact that the Packers were able to drop just so much money to keep him around is ridiculous. Cause I feel like if you're going to pay anyone on that on the offense, pay Devontae Adams. He has more years ahead of him than Aaron Rodgers does. And you have this guy, Aaron Rodgers also been causing a lot of drama in the NFL and in your own organization because he just out he just speaks out about the owners and the coaches alike. So you'd rather keep this guy who's a walking drama queen on your team rather than keep this receiver who is for sure, if not second, if not the best, the second best wide receiver in the NFL. It is outrageous that they that the Jags were able just to sign Christian Kirk to a higher deal than Devontae Adams, and the Packers are now upset at the fact that Devontae Adams does not want to play for a team where they're not going to pay him more than this like mid mid range wide receiver is getting paid. It is baffling. Because I I don't I have no idea how they're gonna get out of this cap cap at all, especially because they negative forty is by far the lowest highest highest cap they're in the they're in cap trouble. Because I think after them is I think it goes straight down to like maybe in the teens for like negative 
like 17 mil. Like they have the worst cap room right now by far. But that's all I'm going to say on that matter. I'm going to go to a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to continue my talk about the free agency moves that have been going on in this offseason. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Tank Dust Football here. We're going to number one point on FM. We're in the second half of the show. And I believe I'm only, I'm, I might be halfway through this free agency. A lot has happened in, in this past like five days of, of, uh, of this. Uh, I'm going to keep it going with the Bills making their key uh, big signings. Uh, I know they were going to try to sign J.D. McKissick, but they he backtracked and signed with the Commanders. But the Bills signed offensive guard Roger Saffold from the Titans for a two-year deal. And even bigger than that, they signed Vaughn Miller, the former Broncos slash former Ram who won the Super Bowl with the Rams this past year, is headed to the Bills on a six-year, $120 million uh, contract. This is huge <laughs> in, the, in just the, the aspect of football in general because the Bills are already one of the top tens of the AFC, and you give them a star-studded defensive line now with Von Miller just in general, and you, you have a young star in at Oliver, that defensive backcourt is Travis White, Micah Hyde's returning. This defense is going to be legit, and the offense is going to soon follow after. The Bills did just – I did see earlier they released uh name, Cole Beasley. Uh, and he will now – he's now a free agent. He's probably one of the top wide receivers left in free agency right after Jarvis Landry, who got released from the Browns a few days ago. But it seems like the Bills are trying to make a push for that. Super- they they have been so close for the past, like, three years. And I think that getting an offensive guard, getting an edge rusher, and if they were just able to get a star, if they could just get a star-studded, like, uh, running back, if they could sign Jarvis Landry, that'd also be huge. If you get Jarvis Landry, Stephon Diggs on that same team, they also signed O.J. Howard to back up Dawson Knox. Like, they are looking to make a run for that Super Bowl this season. Another team who's been making big signings, or made a, made a big signing, was the Eagles. They signed Hassan Reddick from my Carolina Panthers, who led us, who was the Panthers sack leader last year. Signed him to a three-year deal. I'm, I might be a little salty about that. If I was the great, I'd graded an F, strictly because the Panthers should have re-signed him. I don't know why they didn't. He definitely proved that he was worthy of uh, an extension, but they didn't, and now he's an eagle. Uh, a few more extensions that happened. Uh, Cardinals re-signed James Conner after his breakout Pro Bowl season to a three-year, $21 million deal. Uh, Dolphins re-signed Emmanuel Ogba to a four-year deal, while they also signed a running back and Chase Edmonds from the Cardinals for to a two-year deal. Uh, Kirk Cousins got a one-year extension, so I feel like this could be the last one I think he gets. This should be the last one he gets. If he has taken so much money from the NFL for little to no success, really, he's made a super, uh, made the not Super Bowl, made the uh, playoffs a few times, but that's really about it. Uh, see, I don't know, I don't know. I thought the Vikings could be looking at quarterback at some point in this draft too, because <laughs> I don't know how much they're going to trust after this era of Kirk Cousins leaves. How they're going to trust Kellen Mond. 
another big Auburn sign. There's been, I want to say, three. I think it's three. Three Auburn players actually got new deals. Uh, one got resigned. Carlton Davis resigned with the Buccaneers, three-year, 45 mil. CJ Uzama got signed from the Bengals, who just lost in the Super Bowl, to the New York Jets on a three-year. I've lost my spot on my rundown. Where is CJ? Three-year, $24 million deal to the Jets. And Josh Harris, who many people might not know, Josh Harris, he's, he's a long snapper. He had been at the Falcons his entire career, but recently just signed a deal with the Los Angeles Chargers. So no big move for the Chargers. They're making a push for that Super Bowl as well. The AFC is going to be legit next year. Uh, a team that we've also been hearing a lot about this offseason has been the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. As you know, they went through a lot last year with Edwin Meyer, and it looks like they're trying to beef up their team as best as they possibly can. Signing two receivers, uh, they signed, of course, Christian Kirk, who we talked about a lot in uh, the last segment. And they also signed Zay Jones, wide receiver from the – blanking on the places he's I, – I should know this. Raiders. Played for the Raiders last year, which – and they also signed offensive guard Brandon Scherf to a three-year, $49.5 million deal. I think the Jags are looking not to not to make a push for the playoffs because I, I don't know how well these players are, but with their picks, they could be a surprise, like – like seven seed, eight seed. There's eight seed now. No, seven seed. Uh, make it a surprise push for that uh seed in the in the in the in the NFL playoffs, especially with the fact that the AFC South is kind of looking a little meh right now, with the Titans not making any huge signings off the bat. Colts gave up their quarterback. Because the best quarterback on the Colts roster right now is Sam Ellinger, I believe. And the fact that I don't know if the Colts are going to try to push for a quarterback in free agency, I felt they're, I think they're making a push for a uh, Jameis Winston, but that's a whole fiasco right now that I'll talk in part talk a lot about later. Uh, another big. Uh, big name getting signed is Teddy Bridgewater. Dolphins signed him to a one million dollar or one year deal to be a backup quarterback. Uh, DJ Chark signed a one year deal with the Lions. Star receiver or not star receiver, but a great receiver from the Jags. Ravens signed uh, Saint safety Marcus Williams to a five year deal. Steelers signed Miles Jack to a two year sixty million dollar deal. And the last one I'm gonna talk about in whole is going to be I think is Julio Jones getting cut by the Titans. So Titans spent a few million on bringing Julio Jones on a one-year deal to Tennessee, but it doesn't seem that he – with the fact that he didn't score a single touchdown last year is huge as well in this uh, in this decision, but I think it's a great decision by them to save some money and you get rid of a receiver who is just really just taking up a roster spot that you could use in the draft or sign, like, I don't know, like a Jarvis Landry – uh, Panthers also have not been making any big moves. They've been focused on who I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about this whole situation in the last part of the show with a few other things. 
But another huge headline from this offseason, we'll talk about this for five minutes, hopefully, is the fact that Tom Brady has unretired and will be returning to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which could mean the return of Rob Gronkowski. The Bucs have been making big moves to just revamp their team again. They want another Super Bowl, and bringing Tom Brady back was probably the key part of that because we didn't know who they are going to put at quarterback, Blaine Gabbert, give Kyle Trask a shot. But pretty much a lot of people were in agreement that Tom Brady wasn't done. It's not a, it's not a lot of times you see a guy retire at 45, and you're just like, oh, well, he retired too soon. Tom Brady played one of his best years of football last year, and I hate the fact that he did not get rewarded with an MVP trophy last year, especially because he he deserves to go out on top. No one has earned the right to be to win a to retire on top of the world than Tom Brady does, and the fact that. Just the fact that we are looking at a man who is 45 years, he is five years away from being 50 years old, and we are sitting here saying, this man had retired way too soon. I think he, he, he could use five years. He could play till he's 50. He has the regimen for it, He can, and he has the talent around him to carry him as far as he can possibly play. And I think this moves the Buccaneers back into the top contention for the, play, uh, for the Super Bowl. Uh, odds, I feel like. I mean, they returned all of their starters uh, that I know of, at least. Young defense that's really good. Returned your best corner. Uh, if you if they were to get a like a premier running back on this team, the Buccaneers would be unstoppable. And the fact that they have they have the three other teams in this division panicking. And I know this as a fan of one of these teams, panicking to just find a quarterback along the same talent level that you were getting with Tom Brady. Because a big thing about the Tom Brady resigning is the fact that the Panthers, Falcons, and Saints are both, are all three just duking it out for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun, of course, is now out of the uh, lawsuit and the char- dropped all the charges. And so he's back, and he is, apparently the Panthers, Falcons, and the Saints have all offered trades that the Texans have all accepted. There's up to Deshaun Watson to decide where he wants to go. And we have not, uh, as far as we know, the Browns were a part of this, but with everything going on over there, Deshaun Watson decided to stay out of it, and apparently the Browns are not out of it as well. So now it's just down to the three rivals for the Buccaneers. And with the Panthers signing Dante Foreman from Texas and formerly NFL team Tennessee Titans, it seems like I think Christian McCaffrey is a part of that trade, and that's probably why the Panthers are so like adamant on getting him. Is like they're going to give up their franchise running back, who has experienced some injuries. Yes, but you give him some time to get healthy, put him on a team or in a division where the defenses are not as prominent. Christian McCaffrey could basically could run the AFC. I know that he's probably not on the same level of talent that Derrick Henry could be right now. But the fact that the Panthers are willing to give up Christian McCaffrey for Deshaun Watson proves that they are in a panic just to get in contention with a playoff spot because you're not going to win. We're not no none of these three teams are going to win the division. You have the Buccaneers just brought back their entire Super Bowl team from two years ago, and they should have been. I I I would think they would have been in it this past year if the Rams hadn't done the same thing last year with just pushing for that top spot in the NFC t- and uh, roster talent. And I think if, if the 
Uh, I forgot who the Buc- Buccaneers did end up signing a wide receiver. I can't remember who is. I can't remember who it is off my head. But Buccaneers are beefing up their roster more, and they're going to keep doing so until one of these three teams is able to <laughs> able to stop them. And you know, I'm, I'm hoping the Panthers are able to get to Sean Watson, but I'm feeling less and less sure about it by the minute. But we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about the Baker Mayfield situation going on in Cleveland. Uh, a little bit about Colin Kaepernick, and if I have time, best free agents still available. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the last segment here on uh, Tank Dots Football, and we go number one point FM. We're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns for a little bit. Uh, I know it's uh, we've heard a lot about uh, the Baker Mayfield situation. He released a statement on just like thanking the fans for supporting him throughout the years, and it just seems like the Browns are just not compatible with Baker right now. Uh I don't I did not read the statement as a whole, but it did seem kind of cheesy from what I did run, read about it. And with uh uh sorry, reading up on the uh, on free agency cuz I'm trying to keep, I'm just trying to make sure that the Panthers are still in in the in the battle for uh <laughs> Deshaun Watson, sorry. Uh, Panthers also signed, or Patriots signed a, wider, or signed a running back. Cowboys released Lael Collins. Panthers interested in Johnny Hecker. I'm all for that. Get a good punter. But with the with the Cleveland Browns, it seems like they're just not at peace with the fact that Baker Mayfield has not been giving them the kind of success that they were wanting out, out of his uh, breakout year a few years ago, two years ago. Uh, no, he had a great rookie year, a meh year after that, and then so on and so forth. But, yeah. Uh, Baker does not seem like he wants to be the quarterback for the Browns going into this next upcoming season. Uh, another big news that come around this offseason has been the reemergence of Colin Kaepernick. He released some videos of him training, uh, and it seems like he wants to make a comeback at 34. I don't know. I do not agree with the fact that he wants to come back. I think he's too old for a team to take a shot on him right now. And, uh, yeah, I just I'm just not one with Kaepernick doing all this stuff. He does it every year, and nothing ever comes out of it. People are like saying, oh, the quarterbacks are weak this year. We should take a shot on him. But you're taking a shot on a 34. You take a shot on a guy who is 26 at the at the latest. 34 is way too old to be giving – to be like – you're not, you're not going to be – you're giving up a lot of years of – of your franchise by giving him a shot like that. And I know a lot of coaches have come out and say, oh, yeah, they should give him a shot, but they're not going to sign him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's, he's trained with Tyler Lockett and his little, and his little brother. So people, a lot of people are thinking that the Seahawks might sign him, but I, don't, I just don't think he's going to get signed this offseason or any offseason after this. Uh, but, yeah, with that, free agency is still going on. I'm going to give you my list for some of the top free agents still available. Number one coming in, Taron Armstead, lineman for the Saints last year. Uh, I definitely think he could be a big key part to any team that he goes to, and I'm really hoping that if the Panthers get Deshaun Watson, they go straight for Taron Armstead. Number two to me is Allen Robinson, wide receiver from the Bears. The Bears wasted his talent. Jags wasted his talent. He just needs to go to a team that is open to embracing him as a wide receiver one. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, Panthers. I don't. I guess the Panthers are just not wanting to re-sign him. 
and they're not really focusing on getting Dante Jackson. So I'm kind of scared of what the Panthers are really planning on doing. It doesn't seem that they're focusing on anywhere else except for the Deshaun Watson stuff. Bobby Wagner, let's talk about him earlier. Honey Badger is also on, still available. It, uh, the Chiefs, I don't think they just don't have the money to uh, to afford the Honey Badger name. And it just seems like, uh, I've, I don't know if you, I know the Ravens were in talks to get him, but with the signing of Marcus Williams, they went for a younger, talented uh, safety. I don't know where exactly Ty, uh, Tyron Matthew would fit right now, but it's, it's uh it's really up to him. I I don't think any I don't think a team is going to just bank on a near 30-year-old safety when a lot of the, there's a lot of younger uh t- or younger safeties out there that he could he could go with. Uh I'm trying to see what's more on this list that we've heard a lot about Javon Clowney still around. Gronk is rounding out this list. Gronk of course I feel like is going to be in going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to reunite with Tom Brady yet again. But, yeah, Kibo free agency, it is crazy this year. I, I I don't even know if I went through all of mine that I had, like, written up. But that is all I have for today's show. We're going to cut off a little early so I can get to class on time. But thank you all for listening in, and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. If you missed any part of the show, make sure to catch the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll be back next Wednesday at noon on Weagle 91.1 FM. You can follow the station's Twitter and Instagram at Weagle underscore AU for events, announcements, and more. If you can't make it to a radio, you can listen to our live stream at WeagleFM.com. As for me, come back next Wednesday at noon for more Tank Talks football.